Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Retro Life for you, movies of the 1980s. We are returning for 2024. 2024. Can you believe good one. You believe it's a new year? It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's just another day. I don't understand. I don't know. Well, With all the craziness going on in the world right now, I don't know. I don't know. It, it is. <laughs> hey, and you know something else? You know something? You know something else? Hey, for real, now, for real, it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen you, right? Yeah, no and, doubt. Man, it's like I haven't talked to you since last year, right? I know. I mean, that's crazy. How do we go yeah. like that? How do we do that? I don't know, man. But it's been rough. I mean, ever no since doubt. last year. For real, me too. Me too. My daughter hates hearing that. I do her that way every single year. I told her, I said, you're lucky I didn't contact you at 12.01 midnight just to tell you I haven't talking, I haven't spoken to you since last year. Right. I haven't spoke to you since last year. What have you been up to? Almost 25 years into the new millennium. That we are. That's and what do we have? To, and what do we have to show for it? Uh, some cool movies from the 1900s. That's right. That's what we're showing here, the, anyway. Especially from the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, anyway, before we get into this, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Just that crazy hustle and bustle of the holiday season, man. Yeah, Just last time we were here and there and doing this and doing that and working at the house and trying to get things organized. You know, my wife's got that shoulder surgery coming up, so we're trying to get prepped up for that. Ne- that's going to be next Monday, so... Yeah, I I jokingly said a couple of weeks we did the our Christmas episode on Prancer, and uh, I guess it has been a couple of weeks. So hasn't it? It was the week before Christmas we put it out. So yeah, technically it has been a couple of weeks. Hasn't been forever though. Yeah, especially since I wanted to get some. uh, I wanted to get ahead and do some during the time I was off for the holiday season, and I didn't even. I got one day to sit down and rest. How was your holidays? Uh, they were pretty good. Um, uh, I'd say restful, but you know the retail life is not restful. You're there all the time. I had a pretty decent Christmas. We uh, visited my sister's house, uh, watched the kids open their gifts, had dinner, hung out, played cards. You know the adults, as far as everything goes, played cards. Just had just, just had some fun, basically. Watched a little football. Right, right. I and like uh, that's what I did. What I did mostly today too. Uh, before we started this recording, been watching some football off and on through most of the day today. Right on. College playoffs are going and. Uh, a lot of uh, happy people out there, a lot of unhappy people out there. But you know what? My team ain't there, so I don't care. There you go. It don't even matter. Um, anyway, I'd like to announce while I'm thinking about this, we got ourselves a friend of the show mm-hmm. by the name of Scott Leftwich. And Scott runs Super an 80s based. Airbnb. Uh, Wieners and losers. That's the arcade. Yes, he has an arcade that goes along with his 80s-themed Airbnb called Wieners and Losers. They served, you know, wieners and chips and drinks and stuff for snacks. Mm-hmm. It's the name Wieners, and then, of course, if you're not winning the arcade game, you're the loser. So Wieners and Losers, and the 80s Airbnb theme, I hear lots of great things about it. He has a lot of great reviews. You can read about <laughs> him and everything. And I'd like to go ahead and announce that we're going to go ahead and have them as kind of a sponsor like for the show here for a little while we're going to be trading off some spots with them and everything so i got one i want to read for you here right now uh, i haven't really made an official commercial yet but just to get it on out there the first time uh and and you guys if you get a chance you got to go to this place i'm sure you go, i would love to go myself it is in winston-salem north carolina mm-hmm. but the ad goes as this 
How would you like to time travel back to the 1980s? Well, now you can, thanks to this 80s-themed Airbnb located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Your stay includes a massive 80s arcade museum, which is the largest private collection of Golden Age 80s arcade games on the East Coast. Your room is filled with vintage 80s collectibles, plus you'll have access to every game console ever made from the beginning to CD platforms. There's a VHS library, an 80s stereo stocked with 80s vinyl, and the list goes on and on. It's an 80s paradise. For a direct link to this 80s-themed Airbnb, visit longlivethe80s.com. And that would be 8-0, not spelled out. So longlivethe80s.com, longlivethe80s.com. Your quest awaits. Heck yeah. yeah Travis, we gotta check it out. We've seen pictures of his arcade. It looked pretty smooth. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I was going to try to get up there and visit him, but there again, just hadn't made it around to it, man. Busy, busy, busy. Dude, at this point, I'm going to get there before you. I'm telling you, it's I, not going to happen. It, it, it just might happen. But, yeah, it would be an awesome place to check out, especially with the room that they got set up with all the video console, all the game consoles and everything. And, the yeah, the the arcade itself is crazy awesome. Oh, yes, Definitely. Well, we got a lot of great movies planned out for you guys starting this year off already. Uh, it's hard to pick and choose what we want to do because they're all something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. And some are kind of new that we're uh, we're looking into. That uh, I mean, I have to say I have not seen one in particular yet. I was going to today if we were going to do this episode on it today. But since we didn't, I'm putting it off another, another week or so. There you uh, go. But... Um, a lot of good ones out there. We're going to have some uh, more obscure movies this time around starting in 2024 that you may not remember. You've probably heard of them, but may not remember it's been so long. And, and maybe even some that you haven't heard of cuz I swear that that one that I've been that I've been on you about watching. Yeah. I don't remember it and I don't see how I don't know anything about that one. Yeah, it's 1989. <laughs> it's not like it's early 80s or anything, right? It's, a, it's a 89. Yeah, it's 89. Yeah, 1989. So, so I should have known about it. We'll get on that as quick as we can, though, and we'll get some of the oldies and goodies out there to you guys as a part of the show and everything. We're going to have a blast doing this, and we're going to have a great year. We're looking forward to a great year. Right so. Well, we're kicking off with uh, one that's on my list, probably. I'm going to say this is probably in my top five 80s movies. It was my go-to movie. My go-to movie as a kid. No doubt. This cool. one This one rivaled, so, so I had three at as a kid now, I had three favorites. I would go back as an adult and change it, of course. But but coming up, it was this one, uh, Conan the Destroyer, or Barbarian, either one. They're interchangeable for me. Barbarian's, of course, the best. But uh, uh, Beastmaster. So Conan, Beastmaster, and this one were my three, my top three coming up. And today's episode is Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. So uh, some of you might remember the, the remake. Now, who starred in the remake? Who was that? Was that Sam Jones or not Sam Jones? Uh, Sam, um, oh, it, Sam Jones was Flash Gordon. Uh, it was the little dude. I thought it was the dude. <laughs> I thought it was the dude out of uh, uh, Tokyo Drift there for a little while. Oh, no, it, but wasn't, it yeah. wasn't. Well, anyway, it was remade by somebody. And of course, it's for 80s. We can't say it was better because it was not. Better. <clears throat> yeah, the actual no, original. But- it it's did have, but it did have Mads Michelson in it, and I'm a huge Mads Michelson fan. Yeah, and of course, you know, the newer the movie, the better the graphics you're going to get, obviously. But 
Still, I mean, even yeah, and it was awesome. Sam Worthington was played. Sam Worthington. There you go. Sam Worthington. Um, Now, for those of you who may not be too familiar, that's Pandora, right? Yeah, Sam Worthington. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, my bad. He was uh, he he was Jake in in uh, Avatar. Yes, that's what he was from. Right. Yeah. I had to take I had to take some think for a second, but that's right though. <clears throat> uh, for those who may not be completely, you know, familiar with the storyline, this is based on Perseus, mm-hmm. who is the favored son of the god Zeus, and one of his favorite sons. One of his favorites, but he says uh, the favored son is how it's described in the storyline here. Mm-hmm. He has unwittingly ticked off the sea goddess Stetis, and just to make things worse, Perseus falls in love with the lovely princess Andromeda who used to be engaged to Thetis' son, Calibus. Mm-hmm. Soon, Perseus is off on a quest, one quest after another, with Zeus helping here and there. That is hindering here and there, and lots of innocent bystanders getting stabbed, drowned, squished, and well, you name it. It's there. Turn to stone, even, we'll say. Right. Um, once again, my go-to movie as a kid, uh, I probably at one point, not kidding, seen this movie 50 times, in my oh, childhood, yeah. shoot, I would say um, growing up, yeah, I, I'm probably close to it with you. If you picture today's you know day and age when the parent will just throw a movie on for the kid to be quiet and watch a movie, they'll throw on their favorite cartoon or favorite flick of some sort, and they've seen that movie hundreds of times by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, things were not a whole lot different then. Sometimes, if you were too young to get this, you know, tossed out the front door and go play all day, uh, sometimes you get put down. To, you sit down to watch a movie. If yeah. it was on, especially if it was on TV. And of course, then whenever we had the ability to rent them on VHS and on video displayer, that was one of them I always rented was Clash of the Titans. That was always one of the movies. And I would pick something different. But it was always that and something else to make sure yeah. I got a chance to yeah. see it again. Uh, Perseus himself was played by Harry Hamlin in this one. Yeah. And this movie had quite a few names in it, uh, Travis. I mean, it's not just like, you know, well, Harry Hamlin. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there that for me personally, the only person I know outside of this movie is Maggie Smith. You didn't know who Lawrence Olivier was? I mean, I know that name. That's a hugely famous name, but I I don't remember seeing him. Like, I wouldn't know that dude on site. Maggie Smith, I would know, but nobody else. A lot of of people today would know Maggie Smith because she's Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. Correct. So a lot of them know from that, but you had Ursula Andress. Mm-hmm. She played Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire Bloom played Hera. Uh, like I said, Lawrence Olivier played Zeus. Maggie Smith played Thetis. Jack Gwillen played, I don't know who I don't know, played Poseidon. Right. Um, Susan Fleetwood was Athena. She's the one who created the replica, or had the replica of, of Bobu, the owl, mm-hmm. made for. Uh, and then Judy Boker was Andromeda. She looked very familiar to me in the movie. Like I've seen her in other, in other movies, but I did not know her name though. Ah, yeah, I don't know that I've seen her in anything else. Well, I, I'm sure she's been in plenty though. I mean, she's I got been in watch. a few things. Uh, her, her body of work isn't actually isn't that. It's not that big. Wow, you'd be so I'm surprised you'd think she'd had a lot more because she was a looker back then for sure. Oh, absolutely. Her and uh uh I thought the one that played uh Cassiopeia 
What's her name? Sien. How do you? How would you pronounce that? It's got the little thing yeah. over the A. Sien Phillips. Yeah, Sion Phillips. Sion. Uh, that uh, was the brother. She was. She was quite beautiful. Yeah. So I mean, the whole thing about uh, the quest he goes on too was really neat because well, one thing I liked when I was younger watching it was. He got you know gifts from the gods basically to, to do his quest. Zeus wanted to make sure that any son of his had stuff worthy of being Zeus's son. So he had to have a good helmet. He had to have a good sword. He had to have a good shield. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted him to have advantages. the 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 sword could cut through marble without leaving a blemish on the blade. Right. Uh, the 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 helmet would make him make any wearer invisible. Whoever put it on. Now, the shield, I don't remember it having a great, I mean, there wasn't really a great factor about the shield, I don't think. I, I remember him using it no. when they go on their quest after Medusa. Yeah. But I don't think it any anything stood out about it that was being any better than most other shields. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so, really, because her blood started melting through it, too. Yeah, because her her blood well, it's the according to the three witches, the the blood was basically acid. Yeah, acid. It's very to, to anything out there. So I mean, no. So anyway, uh, the uh, whole thing starts off basically wouldn't start off, but <clears throat> Perseus gets moved by Thetis because of uh, Zeus cursing her son Calibus. Calibus was once the prince that was going to marry Andromeda. And instead, he gets banished and deformed and becomes uh, Calibus of the Marsh. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but that was a scary-looking dude when I was young. (laughs) Dude, for real. Yeah, Calibus was, no doubt, no doubt. That's that was one of the parts. He was probably the to me the scariest part in the movie. When I was really really young, when I first saw it, uh, Medusa scared me a little bit. When I was like little little yeah. kid, because I mean this was I was a year old when this came out, so you know I, mean, I was watching it on TV and on the on the uh, VHS and everything. I was a pretty little fellow when I started seeing it, but yeah, Medusa scared me a little bit, and Calibus was Calibus was pretty yeah he was pretty frightening man. They did. Uh, I don't think that the far off makeup was good. It's like almost like claymation stop motion. Mm-hmm. But especially for that time, man, you got to think too. We we you know we give things a lot of crap a lot of times for as far as how it looked. But I would say for 1981, that was pretty doggone good. And and every time something got better, you know, I I reference it back to video games too. We we were playing, you know. Super Nintendo, this looks amazing. PlayStation, this looks amazing. PlayStation 2, wow, what? how much better can it possibly get, you know? Yeah. So it's like it's kind of the same thing. So back then, man, that stuff looked pretty real to us. Well, yeah, that was that was the time. That was the technology of the time. So yeah. naturally, it's going to look great to us. Now, this movie, along with, I'm going to just, not to steer off course or anything, but there's other movies that you could say that are just – just as good or just like this. I don't want to say they spawned off the idea of it, but I mean, I remember watching Jason and the Argonauts, um, mm-hmm. the seventh voyage of Sinbad, Sinbad and the eye of the tiger. Yeah. You know, I mean, Sinbad and the eye of the tiger in particular, I believe that's the one that used to give me nightmares when I was a kid. I would, uh, practically there was these skeleton warriors mm-hmm. that would come out after. Them. And I, I can remember vividly having a dream of like just one of those skeleton warriors shaking me. 
like in right. the room at night, you know, like, and uh, my mom comes in there and I'm actually, she said, I was actually standing up shaking, you know, like I be, I probably was sleepwalking to the bathroom or something. I don't know. Yeah. But Lord just got a bit of bed with a nightmare. I was like, wow. Cause I remember it very well. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> stuff. But those movies very much stand out just like this one does too. So yeah, of course, if you're it, a Greek mythology person, if you, if you, if you like that kind of thing, Oh, absolutely. A hundred thousand percent on that note, because this, I mean, it goes right along with, I like, it's telling a story of from Greek mythology. I mean, like, it's just, it, they didn't embellish or make up anything like this is the story that you learn when you're studying Greek mythology, like this stuff happened. They built on it, of course, but I mean, all the things, all the events and everything, that pretty much happened. But I'll tell you another one we'll take, going just cutting back to the special effects though. Uh Tothamon from Conan the Destroyer. That was the one that scared the crap out of me. Like not yeah. not for a scary movie, but uh-huh. when Tothamon was so for those of y'all that haven't seen Conan the Destroyer, first of all, go watch it right now. And secondly, uh the wizard that I'm talking about is the one that's in the in the like crystal palace and they're uh he's breaking mirrors and stuff when he's fighting him and at one point so like when he first comes out he's just an old crinkled up wizard well then when he starts breaking all the glass and everything or what no yeah yeah yeah. it was when he started breaking the glass and all he turned into this like lizard creature or something and he's like but like <laughs> the mask didn't move the dog on, they had like plastic on his arms. The paint clearly went from a man to the lit. Like it was, it was pretty, pretty horrible. Like if you look back on it, but man, that was the scariest thing in the world to me. And not to, uh, you know, go any deeper on the names of the people in the movies, but I cannot cut this one out though. Cause he's kind of an important person in the movies. I think mm-hmm. Mr. Burgess Meredith, Oh no, I know that name. Yeah, it's Mick. Yeah. No, he he played Amon, the guy that was with Perseus. Yeah. That uh, Perseus met when he first gets put into the Colosseum by Thetis. Yeah. Yeah, you got to throw Burgess out there. Well, I mean, if anything, that's because that's Mick from Rocky. We got to get Mick out there. We get Mick his love, you know. Heck yeah! Then you see me down there in the Colosseum. Come on, Perseus. Get in here, no bell ring. <laughs> Get up. Mickey loves you. He's just a bum. <laughs> that Calibos is a bum. <laughs> uh, okay, okay we, we got to quit doing this two-week crap, okay? Because this is, this is the fun I've been missing out on. Uh, All right. We got, um, where was that here? I saw this a second ago. It was one of the goofs in the movie. As the, destru- as the destruction of Argus begins, which is at the beginning of the movie where the gods have uh, talked about this once, one whole city has basically, let's just say, got too big for their britches, okay? They're mm-hmm. no longer uh, being respectful, I guess, to the gods. They weren't worshiping the gods anymore, yeah. They were, right. they were so, doing things of their own accord. Right. So to, to make them pay for it, they released a Kraken on the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... As the destruction of Argus begins, heavy winds blow the tunic of a man pulling a donkey on a rope to reveal a pair of modern-day gym shorts underneath. (laughs) He must have been working out before and forgot to change completely. I don't know. That's hilarious. uh, Can you imagine not noticing that making the final cut? 
right? I mean, that's crazy. If it's too I mean, late, like, how do you how, how do you cover it, it up? You know, what was it? Uh, what was his name? Jack Roper on Three's Company. Uh, hold on, what was the Jack, Jack Tripper? Jack Tripper. It'd be like Jack Tripper's little uh, one of his uh, one of his uh, pieces fell out the side of his little shorty short gym shorts on TV. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. Like it happened. On I, ta- like you can't find it now. I mean, you am sure you could find footage of it online, but I mean, I've yeah, never heard it before. Is what I'm saying. That's hilarious, though. Yeah, his little. He sat down on the bed, and one of his, uh, I think, his right boy fell out. Boop, <laughs> and nobody caught it because it, before it you're, went to TV. You're talking about John Ritter, right? Yeah, three companies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, John said, Ritter. Yeah. When you said Jack Roper, I know if he was confusing Jack Tripper or Mister Roper. Mister Roper was the landlord. Mr. And, Roper and then Jack uh, Tripper. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Just making sure. That's, that's, that's what crazy. It was. That's crazy stuff, man. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. So, this movie, though, this movie is such a daggone adventure, man. Like from beginning to end, I, I just remember I could still sit down and watch the original and be enthralled the entire time. No one ever watched moment it today. Next, you know, <laughs> I, did you? I watched I did. I just got before you messaged me earlier. I just finished. I was at the end of it. The credits were going off. Oh, nice. I Heck just yeah. finished watching because I was like, I wasn't going to it first because I know this movie. I've seen it so many times and I thought, no, well, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie. Why not? Right. I got time. Oh, man, it's a great flick. And, you know, they've done they've done all the remaster stuff to it, too. So, like, you know, if you watch it now, especially on a streaming service, it does look way better than it did on VHS. Oh, like, yeah. Medusa looks pretty great, I think. I had to find it. This wasn't on a streaming service where I watched it. So I had and to find the owl and all that stuff, man. It's so awesome. Like I, I love this. That's what I didn't like. So in the remake, uh, they did a little tribute to, um, oh man, what's his name? What's the owl's name? Boo-boo. Uh, Boo-boo. They did a little tribute to him. Like they're going through the stuff and like the guy picks him up. Matter of fact, I think it was Matt <laughs> Michelson. Like he picks him up, looks at him and then throws him back into the pile, you know? Uh-huh. Like, what the heck is this? I, know, I thought that was kind of a funny way, but I didn't like it at the same time either, though. Because that was a, he, he was a part of the journey. He was. Yeah, a, a huge so, part. A huge right. Part. And only Perseus could understand him talk. He right. could lead them on their way to places they need to go to and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I, was, I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe they didn't want to put it in there, and that's fine. But I, I, I thought they should have, though. Yeah, me too. They might have felt like it wouldn't have worked during the time. Like I couldn't make it work, make it be too childish, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe. I feel like this is timeless. Like I love the way that they make the statues and like, you know, the gods are up here in, in on Olympus making the statues in the Coliseum and doing stuff to their statues like a voodoo doll and making it happen. And then daggum the scorpion scene. Man, the scorpions were awesome when uh Calibus's blood no, was it Cal- off. was it Calibus's blood? That did, I can't, or did he did, did he jab fingers. or did he jab the bag of what um, of Medusa's head and it dripped blood out from the bag? Was that it? I was thinking that it was the blood from Medusa's it head. It may have been. I know he did something with his hand. His fingers or something grew into something too. Oh no, no, no! He he put this uh, this forked looking thing on his wrist. Yeah, uh, that he could use. Right, right, like a trident, kind of like Spock or off a daggum He-Man. He ends up turning around and and poking into the bag that has the head of Medusa in it. Right, so the head of some Medusa's blood turned into the scorpions. 
Well, I misremembered that. Now, did it? Yeah, and I'm wondering. Now, did it create scorpions or land on scorpions and make them larger? The way I recall, it was the blood like soaked into the ground. I could have swore it was his fingers or something. Like when his hand got cut off, his hand turned into one of the scorpions or something. I could no. have swore it was something to do with his hand. No, he took he, he took his um uh, his his hand off whenever he had followed Andromeda to the swamp to see where she was going at night. Whenever she was being called by somebody, it would turn to being Calibus calling her. And that was a part of her sleepless nights that she was having. Her her soul could get no sleep because it was traveling by night through the swamp for Calibus. So he could yeah. have her there with him in some in some form or some way. But I remember the, I distinctly remember the blood hitting the ground though, and I can I can see what you're talking about where he where he stabbed. I can see that in my mind because it was hanging from a tree, wasn't it? Yes, like her head was like tied into a tree, and he just walked up. Like, Basically, it was it was in his cloak. When he went to visit the three witches to find out what could, how could a mortal man defeat the Kraken, the three mm-hmm. witches tell him that he needs the head of Medusa to I do so. The three witches with the eyeball. Yeah, with the, with the eye, the all-seeing eye. And that the only one that, it just as the all-seeing eye tells him this, it also makes his cloak, um, I forget the word they use, but basically he could take Medusa's head and wrap it up in the cloak. Yeah, like it's in the bag, and it would the blood would not seep through the cloak. It's protected at that point. Yeah, of course, there's everything else. Do you remember? Of course, this starts off what is supposed to be Perseus's um, um, the journey he takes is where Zeus wants him to go. And uh, man, I didn't forget the darn word for it. This is what happens when you get older, people. You you lose words. Sometimes. You know? Sometimes. It's it's in your head and you have it for a second and then you lose it. His destiny. This is Perseus's destiny, okay? Yeah. And he tells him to fulfill his destiny. He's not sure what his destiny is at first. So he goes to the next biggest town over and finds out that there's this man that they had burned. He was a royal suitor. They had burned at this you know, big big thing at Berg was he he asked what happened? Why is he burning? And he said, Because he got the riddle incorrect. The guy mm-hmm. and he asked the guy says, What riddle? And he goes, you know. He's talking about uh, to take the hand of Andromeda. Anybody can do it now, not just a royal suitor, but you have to be able to uh, to solve a riddle. Yeah. And so he ends up following, like I said, he ends up following her on the next night, not that night. He goes to her room tonight to see what she looks like, and he's so taken ba- uh, back by her that he's like, "This is my destiny right here. This mm-hmm. is what I'm. This is what I'm supposed to do." I can, you know. So the next night he goes with uh, Amon and they go and they find him a horse, a steed he can ride. Yeah. And they go for the winged horse, which is the Pegasus. Okay. It was, I'm making sure you're with me here. I'm like, you oh. <laughs> the winged horse Pegasus. So, yes. so he basically changed Pegasus, which is just which is awesome at the time, I guess. And now you got a, that day and age, you got a flying horse to go on. How much better can you be? You got a flying horse, you got a helmet that makes you invisible, you got a sword that cuts through marble and doesn't leave a blemish behind. You got this nice shield, you got a cloak, you know, that doesn't and uh, ends up it carries the head of Medusa and doesn't burn through. This guy is set, right? Right. Yeah, but, you would um, think you would think that he wouldn't have to worry about anything after that. Uh, you would think so. You would think so. Do you recall what the uh riddle was that he was presented with? Oh, that's a good one. I do not. <laughs> and I, I couldn't read it word for word. I had to look it up myself, so I'm not going to say anything. If you want to look it up, or if you want me to read it, I'll read it either way. But Go ahead, read it. <clears throat> so Andromeda gives out the, the riddle, 
And the riddle is given to her by Calibus when he takes her to the swamp every night. Yeah. Okay, I remember that. I remember that, yeah. Right, so the new riddle says, In my mind's eye, I see three circles joined in priceless graceful harmony. Two Mm -hmm. follow the moon, one is graceful as a crown, two from the sea, five fathoms down, one from the earth, deep under the ground, the whole a mark of high renown. Tell me, what can I be? Ooh, and yeah. I hear something like that. I'm like, I'd be like, you know what? I didn't want to marry you anyway. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Never mind. But no, it's too late. You done heard the riddle. Now you've got to either answer it or you die. Right. Yeah. It's got to happen. So he tells her, he says, tell me what can it, uh, she says, tell me what can it be? And he says, the answer is a ring, two perfect moons in a circle of gold, the ring of the Lord of the Marsh, the pearl ring of Calibus. And he whips out the hand of Calibus that he had cut off, still wearing the ring, and tosses it down the ground. He gives the ring a gift from the goddess that, that is herself. Heck yeah. And of course, that breaks the uh, the little bit of a bad spell they had there. He solved the riddle. Every, they think everything's going to be fine, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to get married, and then all of a sudden, the mom, Cassiopeia, makes the mistake of saying that her daughter, Andromeda, is the most beautiful of all, even more beautiful than Thetis herself. Which yeah. Ang- which angers Thetis. But Thetis wasn't... Why would it anger Thetis? Because she has, in, in the city that's there, this is where Calibus was to begin with, and that place there where they're getting married is her um, place where they would worship her, basically. The oh, that's right. Thetis was the goddess. Okay, I'm thinking of Cassiopeia. Yeah, because Cassiopeia is the one that made Thetis mad. Right. Cassiopeia said that Andromeda said she and Andromeda were the most beautiful. So whenever Andromeda, she, yeah, 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 yeah. And when she says that, the head of the statue of Thetis falls off to the ground, yeah. and her eyes open up, and she tells her that she's made a mistake. How dare you say, in my own you know, place of worship or something that your daughter is more beautiful than I. So she has now cursed her to, um, at the end of 30 days, they have to tie her off on the sacrificial rock and sacrifice her life to the Kraken. To the Kraken. Which starts, which starts Perseus's new journey to find a way to defeat the Kraken and keep it from happening. Or some people call it a Kraken. I call it Kenneth. (laughs) <laughs> oh the what Ceres or Ceres it's, it's spelled Ceres but it's pronounced Ceres or Cetus Cedi it's, pre- it's, it's spelled K-E-T-O-S it's a it's a great serpent it's what we call the Kraken I mean it's, it was a great uh, the great serpent that Perseus sent you know what I made to call a lifeline. I said Perseus sent. I meant Poseidon. I know what you meant. You meant Poseidon, but I, I meant to ask a lifeline on this one because I'm not sure what you're talking about on that one. So I'm going yeah, okay to so, okay with you. I'm going to do the phone a friend thing. Yep. Do that. And, um, and let's, let's see what he has to say. I mean, right. maybe, maybe he'll know. I'm with it. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in. From a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, 
you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. I'm afraid that he didn't have an answer for me, but he did know about his podcast to tell me about that. So thank you, Tim. We appreciate that. Heck yeah, appreciate it, Tim. So in the so all right, so you just did the movie drop down of why he had the wildest stuff happen. So in Greek mythology, wildest stuff happened is because Perseus didn't bring a horse for a gift. And then that's how it all started to begin with. And uh uh uh, King Cepheus, he, he said, he said, ask of me a gift or, or name a gift and, and I'll bring it to you or, you know, I, I will provide it. So he demanded the head of Medusa and that's what started all that. But then with uh, Cassiopeia and uh, Andromeda, she said that they were more beautiful than the Nereids. The Nereids were the basically mermaids. They were the sirens of the sea who Poseidon loved very much. Well, that made Poseidon mad and Poseidon sent the serpent Cetus, which destroyed the man and the beast because, uh, uh, hang on a minute. There were three Gorgons. So there were three Gorgons. They were sisters. One of them's name was Medusa. She was human. The other ones were demigods. Poseidon had wived all of them. And when he cut Medusa's head off, uh, the Pegasus sprang forth. It was the Pegasus and something, the golden sword, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, Chrysor or something like that. Um, they sprang forth from her neck and that's where he got the Pegasus from. So as I said, they changed it up and moved it around a little bit, but all of the stuff that happens in it, like is pretty spot on with Greek mythology. It's like what happened. There's some stuff moved around. I was looking at something here. Speaking of that, it talks about the original script. This is the original script. It called for uh, Perseus to cut off Medusa's head simply by throwing his shield at her in an attempt to appease UK standards. Well, I'm sorry. To cut off Medusa's head simply by throwing his shield at her uh, in an attempt to appease UK standards and practice uh, practices censors as the producers felt the hero decapitating someone would not be appropriate for children in the audience. Ah, oh, so Captain uh, America accidentally. That's <laughs> right. He tossed the shield. Uh, yeah. Hamlet apparently was resistant to the idea from the beginning as it wasn't in keeping with the actual Greek mythology. When the day came to film the scene and it still hadn't been changed, he threatened to quit the movie and fly home. He remained there in his go. trailer, much to the annoyance of producers, uh, Charles Sneer and Ray Harryhausen, uh, who also was the creator of special visual effects and the director Desmond Davis. Hamlin was gradually able to get some of the other crew members on his side, which resulted in the scene being rewritten accordingly. Ah. So it looks like, yeah, he was wanting something more 
you know, more to the correct history there, to the actual Greek mythology. Yeah, because they had changed so much of it already. And the names and stuff, that all changes throughout anyway. That's all interchangeable and all. But that's one of the reasons I love the movie so much. That is just such a grand adventure. I won't, I won't sit here and say that the acting is amazing. I won't say that the special effects are amazing. But for the time, they most certainly were. But, I mean, even today, going back and watching it, it's just such a grand adventure and such a wonderful story. And it's fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just Abs- fun. Absolutely. Uh, Harry it's- Hamlin, it says here, met Ursula Andress and, and yeah, Ursula Andress and began a relationship during the production. Ooh. Had a son. Had a son with her. He also turned down another movie. Um, prior to choosing to do this movie, he was considering doing another project with Richard Burton, a movie adaptation of the story of Tristan and Isolde, that became Love Spell in 1981. Yeah. Um, Tristan I've never and Isolde. Never seen Love Spell before, but I've seen, I haven't seen that one either. But I did see Tristan and Isolde. Yeah, I've seen that one. Says he ultimately gravitated towards what became this movie, despite not knowing anything about it, for the opportunity alone to work with Laurence Olivier, the one actor mm-hmm. he considered even greater in stature than Richard Burton. Mm. Heck yeah. Did would you, you know that? what's that? Would you do that? Would you turn down a movie that you know you would like to do and you're you're guaranteed money for the chance to work with somebody just to work with the person that you think is the best that you think well then it doesn't matter what the movie is you don't care hmm i don't know that would be be going in man that might be a tough call right there i mean if it was my hero you know what i'm saying maybe like if he thought that was the you know maybe yeah did you know that uh calibus lord of the marsh and son of thetis does not appear in greek mythology yes i do know that I did not. Did I'm not, I'm not big on the Greek mythology. I figured you would know this though. So did you know that Percy? Yeah, yeah. That was my Calibus was not did not exist. He wasn't part of the. Well, it says story here at all. that he's he's based on Caliban, an antagonist William Shakespeare created in 1611 for the Tempest. Mm-hmm. Yup. Yeah, because Perseus didn't. He wasn't. He didn't have anybody chasing him. Because that whole thing with with Thetis or whatever her name was. That wasn't part of it. That was like dramatized for the screen. I'm pretty sure. Right. Now, do you so know that who whole the, part of it didn't happen? Do you remember who the son of Thetis is? No. It's Achilles. Greece's oh, best warrior in the Achilles. fight against Troy. So guess what? Then so that's also so he's a descendant of Hercules, right? Or Heracles, and then. Uh, Perseus is actually Hercules's half brother and his grandpa. Say that again. He's his half brother and his grandpa. He's Hercules's half brother and grandfather. Are, are are they from the equivalent of Alabama? There? <laughs> yeah, that's because <laughs> Zeus was banging everybody. So, so uh, uh, Zeus. And Percy, wait a minute, no, Perseus, no, he is, he is his grandfather. Yes, he is his grandfather. So Perseus is the son of Zeus, right? And then Perseus and Anadromeda's kid, and then another kid. So that's Perseus's bloodline. So maternally, he came back to Hercules. So yes, yeah, yeah, maternally. So 
So Zeus is Perseus's dad, and Zeus is Hercules's dad. But Zeus had sex with Perseus's grand no her daughter his daughter so Zeus had sex with Perseus's Perseus and Andromeda's daughter to have Hercules has he done making him making him Perseus's grandson and his brother <laughs> so you're saying that Zeus got freaky with his uh granddaughter yeah Zeus got freaky with everybody, man. Was he like, was he like a lazy guy or something? Was he like, why walk across the street when you can walk across the hall or something? Is that what he's like? No, no, he's more like why run down the hill when we can walk down it. Because <laughs> he like he really actually transformed himself into a bull. He transformed himself into animals and stuff and seduced women, which is weird. Because now we're talking about bestiality, like Roman, Greek, and Roman mythology is crazy, man. It is. It is very crazy. They they kind of touch on that a little bit, though, at the beginning of the movie. If you remember, they're telling a story with uh, Thetis is talking with one of the other goddesses. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, Zeus has has bedded many. You know, he, he disguises himself as such. And did he not get you? And she goes, never. He's never got me. <laughs> he goes, well, what did you do? She said, I changed myself into a shark. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. But I love it because the mythology is so fascinating too. And that's another thing that kills me too, is we we forget the fact too, that this was people's religion. So, you yeah. know, you have, you have folklore, legend, myth, or yeah, folklore, legend, and myth. So folklore, folklore really happened. You know what I mean? But then right. on top of that too, was like, this was people's actual religion. It doesn't matter if it's mythology. How would you like it if somebody called your religion mythology? These people actually worship these gods, just like Norse gods, just like, uh, you know, uh, Shintoism or, you know, all over the world. Um, right. It's so, I mean, this was an, these stories were made up like this. These stories were like their Bible. You know, <laughs> it's just nobody right. was yeah. good in these stories. That's what I started to say. I mean, they all have what they believe to be, um, a history to go off of of what their gods were like. Yeah, and so there are stories behind it, and that's why you see the Greek mythology and the stories we got from that they can they've made all these movies off of. It's like taking the Bible that we have and say talking about the movies that they've based off of it, or even there's a TV series off of it now, as far as that goes, called The Chosen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, you can they've done this with a lot of different things. I don't know if we have a one for a. One, uh, one for the Muslim book or anything like that, but as far as movies go, but I, the whole point you're making, I get, and you're right. I mean, I can definitely see that. Here's what I, I also see what you're talking about now with the Cetus, uh, the sea monster seen at the start of the movie that destroys Argus was derived from Norwegian mythology. Mm-hmm. In Greek mythology, the sea monster that threatened Andromeda's people was called Cetus, which is translated to whale. And the Norwegian-Swedish name Kraken is now used as a synonym for the giant for a giant squid. Right. Yeah, because so the Kraken was was the Norwegian stuff, all the what we call Vikings, which Viking wasn't a person, it wasn't a people, it was an action. Um, Viking or hiking, you know what I mean? We're going hiking. I think the word hiking actually came from Viking. We're going on an adventure. We go a Viking. Uh, so anyway. Uh, 
they think that a lot of times that the giant squid were more abundant in the ocean and the giant squid would actually attack the ships because they were much smaller back then too. And that's where the Kraken, uh, you know, the monster from the depths. Mm. Now, I mean, this is going off topic a little bit. Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Did they not have, did they not use the name Kraken for the giant squid that, yeah, David, Jones would, that David Jones would set loose? Absolutely. I thought they did. Yeah, any, um, any, every, every, all throughout history, what I, I think, you know, is English, especially English speaking, once we pulled it over from Europe, you know, pretty much any sea monster gets called the Kraken. Yeah, more or less. Have you, um, Let's see. According to mythology, what I mean, just ask you, see if you know this answer to this question here. According to mythology, what happens after Medusa's head is severed from her neck? That's uh, Pegasus and uh, Calamida, something Cetus. No, that's the wrong one. It's not the one that starts with a C, but it's it's the Pegasus and the something that starts with a C. I tried to say it a while ago. uh, Actually, sprung forth, and that was the children of her. That's what I was saying earlier. That was hers. And um, uh, uh, Poseidon—that was her and Poseidon's uh, kids. That's what I'm saying. So Poseidon was actually in love with or having sex with them. At least he wived them. Says the winged horse Pegasus and the giant Chrysor. Chrysor, yeah. So, so that's the whole thing. It it wasn't it wasn't a female god that got mad that. In actual mythology, it was per, it was Poseidon that got mad because they were basically insulting his wives and children because of the harpies of the sea. Not the harpies, but the sirens of the sea. Yeah. So, so Poseidon you know, was crazy, too. You know, he was <laughs> Zeus's brother, like full brother. So Poseidon, Zeus, and Hades were all brothers. And then, right. and see, that was funny, too. Uh, let's see. I think it was Hades in the new movie. They got rid of Poseidon and they used Hades, played by Ralph Fiennes, to uh, do the Kraken in the new movie. Yep. Uh, and do you remember we did this little thing a while back where we based the Young Guns movie off the actual Lincoln County Wars, and we did a side by side comparison to mm-hmm. how how close they were. I guess it's a good thing we weren't doing that for this movie because we would not have no side by side comparison. Any kind of mythology stuff? No, not really. But we, but you will. Doc, I mean, that's like I said. They, there's a lot of stuff in here though that is close. Like it's all really close. But once you got to going into it, you, it's hard not to nerd out on it when you know the information, and then you're like, it didn't really happen like that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, there again, if you're a comic fan too, this is another one that, that I get upset about too, though. Except for with the Silver Surfer, haha. <laughs> but like for but the reason why I get upset about it is because the the Infinity War and stuff is set that wasn't like done four different ways. It was done one way in the comics and they changed it. But you know, who can beat who in a comic? You know, is Hulk stronger than Namor? Uh, well, it depends on who's writing the comic that day. You know what I mean? It, it just just depends on who's writing the story that day. So I can't. I try my best as a fan not to get upset and to be appreciative of what I do get as far as, you know, putting this stuff to film. I hear you. 
Got one more thing I want to point out, then we're going to go over some of our favorite parts, and we're almost there. So, nah, yeah. Bubo, the mechanical owl of Athena, was introduced to capitalize on the popularity of R2 D2. Hmm. I'll the name that. Bubo is a scientific term for the genus of eagle owls and horned owls, which is interesting because the robot Bubu was modeled on a barn owl. Well, that's funny, too, because Harry Housen claimed that Bubo was created before Star Wars was released. Oh. The BBFC received, reviewing the film for certification in 1981 said Harry Housen's effects were well done and would give entertainment to audiences of all ages, but might appear to a little old hat to those familiar with Star Wars and Superman. So if it came out in 1981, when did Star Wars come out? Star Wars was released in 77. Oh, yeah, 78. 77. 70, I thought it was 77 or 78. So, so that's a couple years it, beforehand. So they released it to capitalize on the popularity of R2-D2. This yeah, movie here so came out I don't out know in if 81. I believe Harry House. Well, I mean, this movie came out in 81, and Star Wars was out four years prior. So yeah. they've had a little while to see that. I don't know if I believe Harry House. We all say things, right? Right. And you know what? If you think about it, too, the way Bubo moved... And the way he did his little, fat, he did his little, he did his little yes. wings, and he turned his little head. It was the very R two D two like. Not only would the head just do this, the head would turn around like that, you know, all the way around. Yeah, while he was doing it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you got the the beeps and the sound. But a real owl can do that too, though, so we can't hate right. on that part. That's true. That's true. But then there's there's also the little beeps and clicks and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's I could very much see that being. Yeah. Without kind a of a little. Kind of a little shout out to him. Uh, what would you say would be one of your favorite parts of the movie or your absolute favorite part of the movie? Oh, man. Um, thinking back, uh, there's so many good parts, man. I know. I'm having, um, trouble. I'm having trouble thinking of one right now as I ask you. Yeah, truly. I mean, all the fight scenes are great. I, I, it's toss-up. For me, really, I think it's a toss-up between the Scorpions and the Medusa fight. Uh, I, I really liked the Scorpions when I was a kid growing up. And then Medusa is just, I, I feel like that shot so well for the time, too. I, I'm going to have to say probably the Medusa fight scene. All right. All right. What's yours? <clears throat> I was going to say the Medusa fight scene, but I, I picked up different since you, know, since you took that one. <laughs> You took my ma- you took my thing, man. Took my magic, man. You just made the list. Mojo. Hey, what uh, you could call that your favorite too. Well, we're gonna put it out there that that actually is your favorite. So that's a favorite scene for both of us, just so the listeners know. Well, it is. It is my favorite scene. You know, I'm just gonna go ahead and take it to you. I'm not gonna throw anything different out there. It is my favorite scene because of the fact of what they were doing. Isn't the I'm not just talking about when they meet Medusa. I'm talking about from the point where they're getting on the boat. To mm-hmm. go to the Isle of the Dead, and the little skeleton guy puts the hand out there for the coin, right? Give him to make the trip, and they get over there, and they're getting, and then they had the what should have been a three headed dog, but it was a two headed dog. Yeah, Cerberus. Yeah, um, but they end up fighting uh, the dog off, and then they get in there to look for her, and of course mm-hmm. one guy gets killed right away. She shoots an arrow at him and kills him. Shoots him in the back. He falls into a little pool of water or something. Uh, Perseus and the other one get behind the columns. They get their shields out to look and see her reflection. 
and uh, she sees one of them right there at one of the columns, and he's kind of obvious, and she fires an arrow there, and she gets him. Uh, I don't know if she hits him or she hits the shield, and he's got the shield so hard that it, it, it pulls him forward with it because he looks back at her and turns to start. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got with, uh, with Perseus as the he was told ahead of time that shield would save his life one day. And he would know when the time was. So he takes the shield, tosses it onto a statue of another one. She shoots it with the arrow, thinking it's him. It falls mm-hmm. down. He can still see her reflection coming. And just as she gets her right with him, takes a swing. Whack. So that one, I would say it's, that's actually my favorite part of the movie, too. Is there a particular thing you didn't like about the movie that stands out to you? No. I mean, honestly, no. Thinking back, this movie is so beloved. I, I love this movie so much. I like, like I said, it, it's in my top three growing up. So yeah. I love this movie so much that I can't see anything. I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with it. I, like, there's nothing that I don't like in that movie at all. If I was picking something that I didn't like or I could do without, then I could have done without the owl. It wouldn't have bothered me if the owl wasn't in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if we're going, yeah, if you took the ally, I don't feel like it added to the story that much. So that's why I forgave him for doing it in the new one, too. You know, Uh, it was a little insulting, but at the same time, it was like, whatever, because it really, I mean, he was cute and he was fun for the kids. Right. Um, Served his purpose, I guess, as far as, like we said, cashing in on uh, R2-D2. Right. Uh, and I guess I guess in that capacity, it was successful. But, yeah, I don't feel like that added to the story in any way. No, we really didn't, and we, we could have done without it. So, I mean, I'm not saying that I hate it, but, I mean, if I had to pick something, I would say I, I would go with that because I could have done without all that. It, we didn't get nothing out of it. All we heard was beep, 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 beep. We didn't know what he's saying. Right. It's just a one-way, it's like a one-way conversation we're hearing. So, yeah. if we, we didn't have it, we could have done without it. It would have been fine. Absolutely. So. Well, uh, it's about time to wrap this up here. Actually, I went five minutes longer than I wanted to, but I, I wanted to get that one thing out a while ago. You. Um, for the people who are listening, we appreciate you so much. Uh, those of you who are new to the show, we are basically anywhere you get your podcasts, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all the good stuff. So wherever oh, you yeah. listen to your podcast at, you will find us there. You can also go to www.retrolife, the number four, the letter U.com. And listen to us straight from the website. If you have a question, Travis, if they have a question or a comment or a movie they'd like us to tackle, where would they email? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could probably email us at retrolife4u.com. Well, uh, retrolife4u at gmail.com. Well, my bad. At gmail.com. At at gmail.com. That's your ADHD. I'm going to get something. I'm going I'm to do something every single time. I guarantee you that. That's your ADHD kicking in. It's been a it couple be. of weeks. We're going to let it slide because, you know, you're Yeah, because everywhere it. has to have a, a, an email account, right? That's right. That's right. We do. So um, I'm sure I'm leaving something out, but I would like to throw one more thing out there, and that is uh, one of the things I've noticed over 2023 is that we've had some steady growth. And I think it's got a lot to do with co-hosts coming on and sharing us on their uh, platforms and new people picking us up. And uh, other people have told me that they've shared us with their friends. We have, we've had certain episodes come out they liked a lot, and they passed us on. And 
I think we've got them for that as well. So, uh, like we've always said, if you if you don't mind, you know, share us with your friends and family out there. Say, hey, uh, all their episodes may not be for you. Maybe you'll like all of them. Give them a chance and see what you think about them, and send them our way. And if you get a moment, leave us a uh, review or a rating. If you're on iTunes, it's actually a review. It can be one word. It can be several sentences. You know, whatever the case may be. If you're on Spotify, it's a five star. Well, we say five star. It could be what, but up to five stars on our rating for us. Uh, once you start listening to a show, it gives you that option to go ahead and do that. So, if you don't mind, take a couple of moments. It would really make our day, and it does help in the growth and everything as we've seen this year so far. So, no doubt. And give us uh, give us suggestions or something. Anything that we. You might want to hear, might want us to do different. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. You know, we love it all. That's right, Travis. You got anything you want? And to happy know? New Year to everybody. Oh, did we not say Happy New Year? I we don't think not... we did. I think we just went right into. I hadn't seen you since last year. Right. I think what we said was twenty twenty four is on us. We didn't yeah. say Happy Happy New Year. Happy See, New Year. Everyone. That is my bad. That's my bad. Travis has now shown me up today as well. We're hey, even. Hey, it's all good. We're, we're even. All right, Travis. So we're going to go ahead and end the show today. Thanks, everybody, for taking a listen to us and being with us this week. We hope you continue to watch us and share us with your friends and family. We'll keep uh, catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening tonight. And have a great one.